Praise the living God. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. With today's message, um, we think and we acknowledge, acknowledge the fact that we as Christians are living really in challenging times. And we need to be ready. You've heard me say this before, and it was prophesied uh, back in December and January of this year that 2019 was going to be a challenging year for us, particularly as Christians. And we see that happening all around us today, so we need to be ready. There have been so many sermons uh, of late that have been on the subject of spiritual preparation so that we can still be victorious in these challenging times. You may have read, if you keep up with current events, that there was a, a, a law that was recently passed in Ontario, Canada, stating that if your son at the age of eight, your son at the age of eight decides that he wants to wear a dress, and if you refuse to do so, you refuse to let him go to school wearing that dress, that the government has a right to take that child away from you. Okay? Law passed. We know that in several states, and particularly I remember in, in the uh, state of New York, which I'm from, that uh, they actually applauded and stood up in the, con- in the halls of Congress and were cheering that they had passed that late, uh, late uh, abortion bill, inf- infanticide, that they could kill a baby, abort a baby up, up to the ninth month. We also hear on the positive side, at least there are several states, that are pushing these what they call heartbeat bills, which will forbid abortion uh, before the sixth, after the sixth week. Because at six weeks, it is, it is said that you can hear a child's heartbeat. So at least there are some states that are pushing back. We see that there is this push to do against, to do away with all of those things that God holds dear and that God instructs us to do. And we see that at least there are some that are pushing back. Clearly, clearly we are living in perilous times. An age of twisted thinking has come about us and lawlessness that the scriptures actually warned us about. We read in the Bible that there will be an unspeakable darkness and a great falling away in the last days just before Jesus returns. Most of us probably never thought that we would see the Bible and the things that the Bible speaks about unfolding right before our very eyes in the the lifespan that we're living in. And if you think this is bad, think about what kind of generation will be left for our sons and daughters and grandchildren if God does not intervene and if Jesus does not return beforehand. Where are we heading? What's what's lying before us? Looking to the Bible for insights, as usual, and considering David in Scripture before he became king, David also lived in a time when his own nation was in a, a, a fearful spiritual decline. Self-will and ungodly spiritualism under King Saul was on full display, leading the nation toward what inevitably would become certain defeat without divine intervention. David soon found himself being pursued by an army that hoped to cast off all that represented God. Sound familiar to you today? We see forces that are around us that's trying to erase every semblance, any semblance of God from our lives. Of course, we know that David ultimately ended up being someone who actually made a difference. In a time when perversion is paraded and morality is degraded, the body of Christ should be prepared to bring a spiritual awakening back to ourselves and to the nation, just as David did in his day. We have power with God to push back the darkness, I repeat, 
We have the power of God to push back the darkness that is trying to invade our lives and to swallow us up personally and as a society. So the question now is, what exactly are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? I can stand up here and speak in platitudes about the, the, the fate of mankind and where things are going. But, but, but sitting here in this chair today in the 21st century, what can I personally do? We, too, must pray for deliverance from the spirit of this age. And I say again, the spirit of this age saying, Lord, I do not want to be swallowed by this darkness that is trying to invade my life and this land. Because assuredly, this darkness is trying to invade your life. And we see it trying to invade the land. The thing is that many times when we see things like laws and bills being written that are going against the things of God, we kind of sit back and we look at it on a national level and we see it in the news. But many times we, we, we escape the fact that that very darkness that is hitting at the global, national, even worldly, worldly uh, uh, stage is also hitting our personal lives. We often forget that. This, uh, the spirit of this age, we have to make sure that we are protecting ourselves against it. Help me, Lord, we should be praying to get my mind back on spiritual things. Help me to get away from anything that might poison my spirit and bring about negative confession out of my mouth of your power. Give me, Lord, your Holy Spirit, Lord. Give me your Holy Spirit. Lord, give me your thoughts. Light, I've been referring to a few times and been referring to darkness, but light has long been symbolic of good. And it has many other, other symbolic uh, connotations, including hope, life, and warmth. We talk of the light at the end of the tunnel. There's a favorite expression that we all have used from time to time. And people lighting up, up, up the rooms when, when we, that we're in. Uh, uh, on one hand, referring to hope and, and looking to things that are positive. We say, oh boy, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. We often use the term light. In a literal sense, light helps us feel safe. It protects us when we encounter danger. By illuminating the things that are around us, illuminating, lighting up our surroundings so that we can get around without falling over obstacles. Parallels, many parallels can be drawn between these examples of what light can do and the symbolic way that light is used in the Bible. But again, how does that apply to us today? As the light of this world, Jesus drives out the spiritual darkness in our lives. As the light of the world, Jesus drives out the spiritual darkness in our lives. God's word illuminates our path, providing us with guidance on how to deal with life's hurdles. And a healthy relationship with God nourishes us spiritually. But many times we don't view the life that we're in as light and darkness. There were some things that I was wrestling with over this past week. And many times it's it's often times funny, but... Many times I'm up here preaching, I'm, I realize that while I'm speaking, I'm preaching to myself also. And during last week's message, I had mentioned how, how that there would be some things happening in our lives uh, uh, coming up. And last week I said starting from Sunday afternoon on into next week, that there would be some things coming up that we need to be on guard for. And boy, oh boy, lo and behold, while I was preaching that to you all, boy, was I preaching that to me because I had things that came up in my week last night that was very, very challenging. And, of course, I had to deal with them speedily. But the Holy Spirit showed me that issues of life that come against us is caused by the darkness. He literally stopped me when I was praying and said that it is caused by the darkness that is trying to invade my life and your surroundings. 
He had to open my eyes to let me see that there is a literal darkness that is trying to encroach and to and to put out the light or to, to dim the light that is in your life. The light that the Holy Spirit has put in you, that Christ Jesus has put in. You see, you have to realize that we are in the middle. Darkness tries to push in on our life. But Jesus is our life and he is our light. He is our connection to all of the things that are strong and that are in God. Jesus, Jesus uh, keeps the darkness from gaining ground in our lives. You see, if you can picture this thing, if, if you can just, just picture this, that, that um, we, we're, we're kind of in, in the middle. And we've got this darkness that's always trying to pervade this way and come into our lives. That darkness brings about problems. It brings about things that we're worrying about. It brings about temptations. It brings about things that would, 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 would try to usher doubt into our lives. It tries to come in and just get us off the path. And the light of Jesus is shining over this way. It's shining. Over, and here and here we are in the middle. So while I was in my prayer closet, what God showed me was that while I was standing here, that this darkness was trying to encroach. And that darkness that I was feeling, that was the issue that I was dealing with that particular day. That was the issue that was trying to invade my thinking, invade my thoughts, and invade my actions. While I was standing here in the middle, God showed me that this darkness that is trying to creep in is not greater than the light that is over here. The light of Christ Jesus. So when that light starts getting dim in your life and you find that problem is just rising up more and more and more, that that, that problem is being more focused than what God says you are and who, who God says you are, and that, that darkness is, in a way, it's extinguishing, it's putting out the light that is in you. So what do you need to do? you, you got to get back and you have to recharge your batteries, so to speak. The light is there, the light is there, but there may be some blockage over here that is filtering the full light from coming through, you see? But the funny thing is, is that this darkness, it, 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 it doesn't just come on, boom, just like that. It kind of comes on gradually. It gradually, okay? And that is, you know, on, on Monday, whatever the problem is, you feel it, and you don't deal with it by getting back into the light. And then Tuesday, you feel that problem even more. Wednesday, that problem is still there. Remember I said about last week when I was talking about meditating, and that you may say, I don't know how to meditate, and I say, oh, yes, you do, because you meditate on problems. <laughs> when, you're, when you're hanging on to a problem for days on end, that's meditating because you're thinking about it, all right? Okay, so you got to stop meditating on the bad things. And when you doing that meditating, this darkness is just intensifying. It's just pushing this, pushing its way on you. And you don't really see it because you don't stop and think what's going on. All you think about is this problem. This thing that I'm praying for and hoping for that doesn't seem to be materializing. In the meantime, the darkness is over there that is just encroaching into your space. You see? And Holy Spirit, it, it was such, such a big wake up because I said, gee whiz, as much as I've talked on the subject, I didn't realize how this, this this spiritual darkness, it, 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 has, it has form. It has, it has dimension. It, 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 it has substance. Because as that darkness was encroaching into me, I was beginning to feel dejected. I was beginning to be saying, oh, gee, was, well, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. So it was beginning to take a toll. So even I had to stop and wake up. Wait a minute. Greater is he that's in me than you, foul spirit, that's in this world. So I rebuke your presence in the name of Jesus Christ, Son of the living God. And I turn to my Lord God, Lord, God, help me to focus on that light. Lord said to me, don't forget, who are you wrestling with? Who are you really fighting against? And as usual, we got to go to the scripture. Let's go to good old Ephesians 6. 
We all know this, but let's jog our memories a little bit here. Because this darkness tries to, and no one is immune. No one is exempt from this darkness that would try to encroach your life because you don't even see when it's coming. How many have been sitting in your, sitting on your couch or in your favorite chair at home watching a good movie on a cold winter night, winter evening, and you're watching a good show? Then all of a sudden, <clears throat> hear a click, everything goes black. Total darkness. Oh, there you go, and you start cussing PGE again and so forth and everything else. <laughs> okay. And you start, it was just at the good part of the movie. I wanted to hear that. You were hanging on to the edge of the seat, and boom, click the darkness. See? As children of God, you are an enemy of Satan. He wants to snuff you out. He wants to steal every bit of joy. He wants to get your eyes off the light. He wants to keep you in darkness. And that's how sudden that darkness can come on in your life. And, I mean, thank God, you know, your vision doesn't go black, but everything around you just seems hopeless. You start running the numbers, you're looking at your bank account, you start looking at the income and the outgo, and the, the outgo is more than the income, and, and you're, you're trying to balance, and all of a sudden the darkness just gets darker and darker and darker. See? This is the darkness that creeps into your life. Instead of having the light of Christ Jesus reminding you and telling you that my father, my father owns the cattle of a thousand hills. And therefore, if he's my father and I'm his son and I'm his daughter, therefore, I am not going to be in need. I'm not going to want. But the darkness will not let you even see that. Amen. So we go to Ephesians 6 here and to, to remind us here, because when the Holy Spirit told me, told me about this darkness, verse number 10 starts out with, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Highlight, underline all of that if you don't have it underlined already. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And again, stand. It doesn't mean to collapse and wimp out and get weak knee. It says to stand. To stand against the wiles of the devil. And the wiles of the devil, don't forget the wiles are tricks. You know, as kids, you may have seen, uh, um, what was it, Wiley Coyote, you know, chasing the roadrunner, you know, and he always had all these tricks up his sleeve. Okay, well, that's the way the devil is. He's got tr- tricks and, and traps and so on. Verse number 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And again, against the rulers of the darkness. Underline and highlight the world darkness of this world. Rulers of the darkness. We're in a war between light and, light and darkness. That darkness can invade your life. The darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. Again, stand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand. Stand again, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always, etc., etc. But the operative verse that I wanted to look at is, is verse number 12, where it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the world. There is a darkness in that world, and that darkness can be directed to you at a given time. Okay? You see, the interesting thing about us as children of God is that while, while, while Satan is not um, 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 omniscient, all-knowing as God is, 
when there's about to be a blessing that's coming up in your life, he can get in there and start trying to get you off your balance, trying to bring in the darkness so that you're not being prepared for what God has in store for you. I also will submit to you, too, that many times when there are big, big, big blessings coming into your life, that's when the darkness tries to increase in your life. When there's a big blessing that's just down the road, you'll find many times in life that that's when things will seem to get more challenging and more difficult. You see, that's why the word of God says, count it all joy when you're in temptation, when you're going through struggles, because that means that there's about to be a big door that's about to open for you. The more the enemy turns it on and, 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 and steps up the attack against you because he wants to get your mind off of God. He wants to get your mind off of the blessing that God has in store, even if you cannot see the blessing at that time. But the time when the biggest blessing is about to come many times will be one of the most challenging times in your life because the devil tries to pull out all stops. He tries to bring on the, on the darkness so he can blind, he can cover up so that you can't see the word of God, that you can't see the light of Jesus. He tries to bring on the darkness to get you so off kilter that you forget all about the blessings and what, what the word of God has said and what God, Holy Spirit, has said you are, who he says you are. The darkness is there. The darkness is there. We need to make sure that we do not let ourselves be fooled. Darkness tries to push in on your life. Jesus in your life and your connection to the vine keeps the darkness back. I was talking about charging batteries. Instead, let's go to John, the book of John, John 15. Oh, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. John 15. Okay. Darkness tries to push in on your life. Jesus in your life and your connection to the vine keeps the darkness back. 15, chapter 15, verse number one. Chapter 15, verse number one. I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide, which means live, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. You can do nothing without Jesus. You can do nothing without Jesus, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you, except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me, abides again, means live, lives in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Underline, please, for without me, you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is with it, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned." If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Please in the line, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Okay? Now, again, going back here to verse number five, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth fruit, um, much fruit. For without me, you can, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. When that darkness starts coming into you and it's starting to over, overcome your life, you need to stop and pause and ask yourself, wait a minute, maybe I've gotten detached from the vine. 
Maybe I've been, been, been broken off. I have not connected with Jesus. Am, am I drifting away? Okay, this is what I said before, I kind of like with the darkness and the light, maybe you need to recharge your batteries by going back and assuring that you are connected to the branch and to the branch, to the main Jesus here. Because without him, guess what? You can do nothing. If it says you can do nothing, Jesus says exactly that. You can do nothing. It doesn't say that if you, if you get detached from me that you can do only some things. You can do only a little bit. It says you can do nothing. So if you've got that darkness that's coming into your life and you can't figure the way out of this, the, the, this bottle that you're trapped in, well, guess what? Being detached from Jesus, you will certainly not be able to do it. So without Jesus, you can do nothing. So here you are caught in this place and the darkness is encroaching into your life. So, Lord, Jesus, where am I? Boy, I'd better run back to the Lord. I'd better go back to basics. I'd better get down on my knees and just simply say, Lord, help me. I don't know what's going on here, but Heavenly Father, the situation is blah, 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 blah. I have tried this and I have tried that. Lord, what is next? What is next? Lord, I have to depend on you for this because, Lord, I can do nothing. I can't do this on my own. Lord, I've loved you for many years. I've loved you for all of my life. Lord, I've been there. I'm here. Lord, tell me what it is that I need to do. And the minute you start doing that, then you are suturing yourself. You're kind of sowing yourself back into the vine here, back into the vine, back into the vine where Holy Spirit can speak to you. And you can start, you know, you know, receiving. It's like it's like if you um, if you cut a branch from a tree. One of the evergreens in my backyard there, I noticed that it was growing brown and so forth. And I asked the gardener, the guy that keeps the, uh, the lawn and stuff for me. I said, I got this tree bed and I noticed just that one branch, just that one branch is turning brown. He said, all right, let me take a look. He went, he looked closely at it and he said, uh, when this area was being cleared, do you know if this tree was ever damaged or anything like that? I said, no, why? Look over here, right below the branch, there's sap running out. The sap is running out. So this one branch is not benefiting from the sap that's in the trunk of the tree. He said, right now, I'm going to have to sever this branch. We don't want it to spread. He said, but somehow that tree was damaged. And he did something to patch the, the thing on, uh, on, on the trunk, you see. So what it was, when they were clearing that land, I remember the bulldozer was going up there. And, and this guy with, uh, with, with surgical precision was reaching up and pulling those bushes and those trees out. I told him which ones I wanted to keep. And the, the front of the thing probably hit that tree and, and damaged it. But where the sap was losing out, the branch was dying. Where the sap, Holy Spirit, where Jesus Christ is, 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 is oozing out of your life. Then you as a branch and you start dying. You see, it enables the darkness to encroach because that life giving, that life sustaining, uh, um, um, sap, if you will, the power of Jesus that you are missing is draining out of your life. You see, so a small wonder then if you don't have the strength, then, then you cannot withstand the attacks of the enemy. This enemy that you're wrestling with, not flesh and blood, not a human being, but this enemy in dark places is coming against you. So you got to get back in and reconnect yourself to the vine. you got to get back there. got to get back there. There's so many wonderful Bible passages on light driving out darkness. So many of them. We're going to go through a few of them today. Let's go to John 1. So you really get the importance of light in your life. In the minute that something comes up in your life, you start thinking about, okay, this problem that's trying to manifest itself in my life now, this is that darkness. That's the purpose of this message today. 
That when that thing comes up in your life and Jesus said, when you have tribulations, didn't say if, it says when you have tribulations, that right away you start thinking about, okay, where's this darkness coming from? This darkness is trying to encroach into my life. I need to get back into the light. I need to connect myself back with the, with the uh, vine. I need to bring Jesus maybe back closely, more closely into in life, into my life. Maybe I'm getting away from focusing on him. You see, Jesus hasn't gone any place. He's in you. He's in you, you see. But until you get to the place where your mind is renewed to the point that your spirit, guided by the Holy Spirit, guides your thoughts and your actions, then you will always be susceptible to the effects of the darkness coming into your life. Now, it doesn't just happen once. And then it just stays that way. It would be nice if it did. That you're always, you, you, your, your mind is so, your spirit is so guiding your thoughts and your actions that whenever the darkness comes in, it doesn't bother you. I mean, it, it would be great if we could all walk in that state 100% all of the time. But we're human, so we, we kind of slip out of that mode without getting too deep. The Bible talks about renewing the mind. Under normal quote-unquote conditions... A person that does not know the Lord, and I've demonstrated this up here with, with some of you standing up here. You've got a thought, which is in the mind, and then that governs your action based on that thought. And then it maybe goes down back into your spirit. When you're filled with Holy Spirit and your mind is renewed and this Holy Spirit really takes control in your life, the Holy Spirit is guiding your spirit, and then your spirit guides your mind, which then takes out the physical action. So when something comes into your life that is traumatizing or darkness comes into your life um, under, under, under regular conditions, so to speak, what happens is that the problem pops up, your mind reads the letter, oh, gee whiz, oh, gee whiz. You go into panic mode and so forth, and you start screaming and start crying. You pick up the phone, see who you can call and blah, blah. And you don't think about God. You don't think about, oh, gee, let me go pray about this. Or what should I do? What should I do? Whereas in a child of God who's, who's born again and the Holy Spirit is in them and, and they've prayed and, and the mind is getting renewed because when none of us are purpose, perfect, your mind is getting renewed. When you read that letter, maybe for a split second, the mind says, oh, gee, you know, home alone when he put on that cologne. Ah, you know, and he starts screaming. Maybe when you read that bad piece of news, oh, gee, oh, gee. OK, but then you go into prayer. Because Holy Spirit in you tells your spirit, hey, check it, check it, check it at the door, and you go into prayer. Whereas the person that doesn't have Holy Spirit and doesn't know him, that scream just intensifies, intensifies, and they wind up laboring on it, thinking about it for days on end, more and more depressed. So when your spirit, it, 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 when your spirit is in control, this is what walking in the spirit is talking about. It's the Holy Spirit that's guiding your thoughts and your actions, okay? So therefore, you do not get yourself to the point where this darkness is just is just suddenly just suddenly creeping up upon you. Okay, all right. So, so we need to need to always be mindful of the fact that when a problem pops into your life, first of all, you, you don't go running right away to man's solution. You go into prayer and you go to Holy Spirit. Okay, we all who have children, you get accustomed to doing that real quick. Because kids get themselves in all sorts of positions and things go on where you got to be at a point where you run to God real quick and say, okay, Lord, what should I do about the situation? But we're talking about light here now in the scriptures, many scriptures that exist about light. So we see in John 1, and we're going to read 1 through 5, very familiar scriptures here. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. 
All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Underline light of men. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light, underline light, the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. The light shined in darkness, and the, and the light comprehended it not. Now, the, the amplified version clarifies it a little bit. It says there, and the light shines on in the darkness, for the darkness has never overpowered it. For the darkness has never overpowered it. Amplified. For the darkness has never overpowered it, has never put it out or absorbed it or appropriated it or is unreceptive to it. Okay? So it says there, the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And that does indeed, and does indeed tie into what's going on in the world because, because people that don't want to know God, they do not understand what God is all about. They do not understand Jesus. They do not comprehend anything about Jesus. Okay? But the, what the scripture there is saying is that the, the darkness didn't understand it, but the darkness could not put it out. We go to John 3. Same book, John 3 here now. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth it, believeth in him should not um, perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that, that light is come into the world. There's underlined the word light, the word light. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world. And men loved darkness rather than light. Underline, please. Men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds are evil. Because their deeds are evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Underline. Everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Neither cometh to the light. Underline light. Neither cometh to the light, lest he, unless his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth comes to the light, underline light. But he that doeth truth come to the light, that his deeds may be, mani- be made manifest, uh, that they are wrought in God. So there you see again multiple usages of the word light. Using that light, having that light. So when that darkness tries to invade into your life, you've got to push that, that back. You've got to push back that darkness so that you can indeed let the light that is in you, the light of Christ Jesus, shine and push that light back. You know, I could every time I read, you know, I, I almost can, can, can picture, I mean, you've seen our, um, you, you've seen our uh, things where two athletes, athletes are pushing against each other. And there was a show, it, it went through its whole season, uh, that was called, uh, Titans. And one of the, the, the challenges that they had was up on a, uh, a platform, a semicircular platform, in the middle of it was a heavy wall. And each, each contestant, after doing some other things, had to climb this ladder, get up on this narrow platform and run as fast as they could and push that wall to the opponent's side and push off thereby the opponent would fall off the edge. So you see them getting up there and the thing is dead center and they're running and they're getting up there as fast as they could and they run and bang, 
One guy hit it so hard he literally bounced off of the wall. He got up and he started pushing. And what? And and and, and I didn't even realize it at the time, but I, I it, it was like the forces of good and evil that were pushing against each other. And as each one pushed, the other one went back. The harder the other one pushed, one of them was going back, 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 back until he finally fell off off of the uh, the edge of the thing. And of course, the one who pushed the most won. That's what you can kind of picture. The, the, the battle that is going on in your life and around you. You've got this, this force of darkness that is pushing in your light. The light of Christ Jesus can overcome that. Easily can overcome that. But you've got to make sure that you are attached to that vine. That you know how to avail yourself and remember that you have the light of Christ Jesus shining in you. Because like that match, like that match in that game, the Titans, okay, the, 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 the things that, the thing that, that lessens you or weakens you to be pushed off the edge is not so much the power in your legs or in your shoulder to push back that other side, okay? It's, it, it's the strength of your spirit. It's the strength of you remembering in your spirit that you've got the light and the strength of Christ Jesus, which will embolden you and bring you back to push back that darkness, to push back that darkness. Okay? and I submit to you, too, that it's a heck of a lot easier for you than that guy that was in that Titan game to push back because God gave you the sword of the spirit. God gave you his word. So the minute you start confessing God's word and you are back in with Jesus Christ, you're connected to that vine. And you say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, spirit of so-and-so. Then, boom, that wall, that wall that's being pushed on, which normally would take a whole lot of strength, goes. It flies back out of the way. See? You're in a battle between this light and this darkness. We see another scripture here in John 8. In John 8. Got to push back this darkness that's in our lives. John 8, chapter 12. Okay. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light, underline light. I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life, underline light of life. I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Okay? The other beautiful thing about knowing God, when the issues of life come at you, when that darkness tries to invade your life, is that having the light of Jesus, you can, you can shine it into that darkness and it will, it, it, it will disappear. You've heard me say before, you want to try it, you go into a bathroom or a closet where there's a light and no windows, no crack under the door where you can see any light seeping in, you're in total darkness, and you flip the light switch. The darkness doesn't disappear gradually. <laughs> it doesn't just, just, just go slowly away. Instantaneously, the darkness is gone. If you remember that Jesus, the light that is in you, you remember that when that darkness tries to invade you, tries to invade your life, tries to take that problem and just blow it, blow it, blow it. You remember connecting to Jesus and the light that's in you. And you activate that light. You activate that light using also the sword of the Spirit. And that darkness will disappear instantaneously. It'll be gone. It'll be gone. The darkness will be gone. And, 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 and the darkness, don't forget, is the, is the manifestation 
of whatever evil may be behind that darkness and generating that darkness. So while the darkness is immediately gone and that's gone out of your life, then then perhaps maybe that the, the root cause of what is generating that darkness, that situation in your life, that person in your life has to be dealt with and eliminated or taken out or whatever. And then Holy Spirit will guide you how to do that. You see, but when we're in the darkness, we can't even see clearly because you can't see what's going on around you. Your spirit is not illuminated by the light of Christ Jesus for that for that 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 point in time. So you need to have the light of Jesus to push back the immediate darkness would be before you and then say, "Okay, Lord, what is generating that darkness? What is the source? What is the problem that's making this thing manifest in my life, especially if it's on a recurring basis? You've got to be able to understand that you are in, in this war. You're in the midst. So the light. It says again, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of light, light of life. We go to Romans 13. Praise the living God. A few more scriptures here and then we're going to going to close. Romans 13. Thank you, Jesus. Push back that darkness. Push it back out of your life. Romans 13. Verse 12. Verse 12. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. That is again, let us put on the armor of light. Let us cast off the works of darkness. You see, we can usher in the darkness. We can open open the door, so to speak, if that even makes sense, for that darkness to come in by what we are doing in our lives, by things that we are doing, or perhaps even even uh, even even not doing. The scripture there says. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. If we're doing things that are not of God, if we're dabbling in things that God would have us to stay away from, if, if we're looking at, hearing, participating in, agreeing with, associating with others that are living outside of the word of God, okay, then we could be opening the door for darkness. Okay, it says there. It says there again to uh, what was that? Uh, Thirteen, twelve. I just want to read it again. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. If you're doing things that are outside of the word of God, it's very, 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 very possible that you're opening the door to darkness. You're doing. You're doing things that are with the works of darkness. You can't. You, you can't do that. You can't do that because the more you do that, all you're doing is you're ushering in the darkness and the light that is in you. You are gradually putting it out because you're letting that darkness just push, push, push as you are engaging in it, as you are welcoming it. You know, oh, gee whiz, you know, I can smoke a joint because I'll never be addicted by anything else. That's all the wives tale and so forth and so on. And, and then you go and you smoke that joint. And the next thing you know, you're doing something else and you're getting deeper and deeper and deeper. You know, that's associating with the things of darkness, just to use one one real evident example. You see, so we got to make sure that we're not we're not associating with people who are involved with the darkness. 
Because then you say, oh, I would never, I would never subscribe to the stuff that they talk. That's, that's such, such hogwash that they talk about, you know. But you're associating with this person. You wake up in the morning, that person gives you a call. Let's go for coffee. Oh, yeah, fine, fine. And then while you're sitting around coffee and whatnot, and, and you maybe decide to have a bagel or whatever, and you stop to bless your food. And, and then, what are you doing? They're interrupting you, keeping you from blessing your food. You know, you know, keeping you from doing the things that you normally do. And it finally, oh, you don't have to do that all the time. We'll get there safely, you know. And, well, we're going to drive this. Oh, okay, well, let's pray before we go. Ah, we don't have to pray before we go. We'll be okay. We're only going three blocks, you see. And gradually and gradually, then you stop praying to go three blocks. You stop blessing your food. And you start getting caught up in other because life seems to be okay. Life seems to be okay. You went those three blocks and nothing happened. You didn't bless the bagel. You didn't choke. The coffee was fine and you went on. Everything was cool. So, so maybe, yeah, after a while, you never, you never maybe come to the point of saying, well, maybe that person has something there. Maybe I don't need to pray. Maybe I don't need to bless the bagel. You never really get to that point, but you stop doing it. You stop. You see? So, so, so again, you're turning down the light of Christ Jesus. And, and, and the darkness is starting now to just push and push and push, and you're falling into it. Okay? Okay? You start going along with somebody's idea of life, the meaning of life, uh, someone that doesn't know the Lord, and you sit there and you listen to this person pontificating and talking about the deeper things of life, and you don't speak up and you don't say anything. You're just sitting there and, you, you know, and, and you're just kind of subscribing to what the person is saying, and you're drinking it in instead of speaking up and saying stuff and, 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 and contradicting the works of darkness, the works of darkness. So we need to be on our P's and Q's. We need to, 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 to be very careful to whom we are listening, you know, and what we're buying, hook, line, and sinker. People that don't know the Lord cannot speak about the things of the Lord. The people that don't know the Lord know the, know, know the, the God of this age, which is the devil himself, and they will speak those things, you see. And that's an easy way for those for the works of darkness to creep up on you, to creep on you. So we see here that we have to be very, very careful and keep our eyes open at all times. We go to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Ephesians 5 and verse number 1. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us, and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice in God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becoming saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. Just to pause here for a moment. Neither filth on verse four, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting. Nothing wrong with a good joke. Nothing wrong with being jovial. But in the workplace, have you heard everybody? Oh, did you hear this one? Let me tell you about this one that I heard. And the person starts off with something that you can tell is leading down a real unsavory path, leading into something vile and disgusting that you just do not want to hear. Do you stay in your cubicle? Do you stay at your desk? Do you stay around the water cooler, wherever, wherever people are gathered, where this person is telling this joke? Or, you, or do you just get up and walk away? 
Oh, where are you going? Where are you going? Many times it's happening. Oh, where are you going, Mike? Where are you going, Mike? I'm, I, I don't choose to hear that. Thank you. Sorry. Simple as that. I don't care. I'm not looking to be deep bosom buddies with someone that's going to stand around and start talking and discussing vile, vile things, you know, you know, you know, 24-7. And you'll find that. I don't care if it's a family member. Are you bold enough to just get up and leave the room? If you don't want to tell that person, shut up, I don't want to hear it. But are you bold enough to just get up right in front of them and walk out? You see? God is not saying Jesus laughed. David laughed. David danced. In his undergarments, as a matter of fact, according to Scripture. So God is not saying don't have a good time, but it's talking here. It says that neither filthiness, filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving thanks. You won't let darkness just creep in. You don't even think about it. Just let yourself be around someone that is constantly talking vile, vile and low, lowly, low things and vulgar things. Amen. For this, for this, you know. That no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. Underline that, please. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things comes the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. You've got to be careful who you listen to. Someone espousing, espousing vain words, words that are not of God and just talking about things of themselves or, or whatever it is that has nothing to do with the word of God. Or, or, or is twisting the word of God. Let no man deceive you. Do not be fooled by what you're hearing from people if it's not in line with the word of God. See, this is why it's so important for us to know what the word of God is saying deep within our spirits. Because this deception can come from people usually that are very gifted in speaking. You've heard me say a million times, Hitler was a very gifted orator, a gifted speaker. He convinced all of Germany here that the Jews were the enemy. Okay, okay. Mussolini did the same thing in Italy. Okay, there are many people on TV today that, that, that can speak, boy, and will make you think that the sky is green when it's obviously blue. The many people on TV today will have you doubt, you know, what was that they say? Oh, 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 um, oh, I can't believe my lying eyes. You'll see something with your own two eyes and they will talk so deceitfully that you'll start believing what it is that they're saying, even though your eyes are telling you otherwise. So the word of God is telling us, and the word talks about deception so many times throughout. Let no man deceive you. God wouldn't be repeating something like that so many times if it wasn't important for us to understand it. God doesn't waste words. And you've heard me say before also that when you see something in Scripture repeated several times, especially in one or two paragraphs there, the same words are used over and over. God is really driving the point home. Okay, so let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things comes the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not you therefore partakers with them. For you were some, you were sometimes darkness, underline, you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord, underline all of that. For you were sometimes darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, underline, highlight, draw little circles around it. For we are some, you were sometimes darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. You may have had darkness in your life. Not all of us were saints, and, okay, and, and always were, were walking uh, in, in the, the epitome of, of, uh, of will of God. We all have had times in our lives because we're all human. Okay, but what God is saying is that you were sometimes darkness. Sometimes there was darkness in your life, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. 
That means then to do what God is telling you to do and to make sure that you are attached to the vine. Make sure that you're tied into Jesus. Make sure you realize that the light of Christ Jesus in you is shining. What does the scripture say about you? Or, or, um, or uh, if you put a light, uh, if you have a light and you put a bushel basket over it, who can see it? All right. A light shining on a hill someplace in the distance. You put a basket over who can see it, it can't be seen. If you let a bushel basket be put over top of your, the light that is in you, then the darkness is all around you. The darkness is all around you because your light gets extinguished. You see? You see? And, and, and if God is taking so much time to tell you all of this, we've got to get to the point that we can understand what God is saying. When it says the light in you, you've got to get from the symbolic meaning of that. And really understanding that, spiritually speaking, this is a reality. We all know there's no flashlight down in my belly that's lighting me up. Okay, we all know there's no candle burning. But what is God saying here? That the Spirit of God, Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit that is in you, illumines you. It illuminates you spiritually. Where I may walk up on you if I don't already know you. And while I will not physically see the glow coming from you, my spirit senses it. My spirit senses the light that is there. And since we are, are beings that are drawn to this kind of light, then we wind up being attracted to that light. And that's where you, you, you find yourself really becoming uh, in fast friendship with someone. I mean, deep, deep friendship with someone. Child of God. Because that light that is in you is attracting. So that light, it is not something that we can expect to see physically. We've got to get our minds and our thoughts and let our spirits be in the spirit realm where God is and see it in your mind's eye, what God is talking about here, and see this as two, as, as two lights, these forces that are being drawn together. And, and, and this light that is in Christ Jesus is such a bright light, it's such a wonderful light that it attracts the goodness of those other people towards you. Conversely, conversely, you've also been around a person, especially if you're a child of God and you're more in tune with Holy Spirit and you're praying regularly, letting Holy Spirit talk to you and you're starting to know and understand God's ways. Conversely, you can meet someone that for whatever reason you just can't seem to click with this person. You may try to be polite. You're never un, you're never unpolite or whatever, you know, and you're talking to the person, you're holding conversation. But there is something there that just does not click, just does not click. Sometimes people like that will actually run in the opposite direction from you. They will see you coming and they'll say, oh, yeah, how you doing? How you doing? And they'll start going the other direction. Okay. <laughs> I saw someone in a store and I'm sure you've all been there. And uh, they hadn't seen me yet. And I was doing something on the shelf. I must admit I wasn't that enthused about talking either. But the person I gather saw me because I looked the next time and I saw them ducking around the corner. <laughs> okay. So they obviously didn't want to be involved. And I, to be honest with you, I didn't feel led in the spirit to pursue or anything else like that. But what I'm saying to you is that that discomfort that I felt, this other person also felt the same thing. And we were never that close. We were never that close when we worked together. We were, were polite and cordial to one another, okay? But it wasn't like some of the other people that I met where I felt an affinity for being around them, for being with them, for being, because there was something that was in common, okay? This is what I'm talking about, 
Okay, okay, okay. And, and you will find yourself that when you find that person that is there, that, that you that you kind of feel this discomfort, you let Holy Spirit guide you. But there may be something there why God does not want you at that particular time to associate with that person. Because you don't know what kind of works of darkness may be in their lives or may be going on there. You see, and, and, and yes, the word of God talks about us loving everybody and talks about us ministering to everybody and talks about us praying for everybody and loving our neighbors. And so, yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. But I'm saying to you that you make sure that Holy Spirit is guiding you. Make sure Holy Spirit is talking to you when you start going to someone that you are feeling in your spirit that that you do not feel like you should 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 should, should closely ingratiate yourself or gravitate towards being. Right. Jesus, Jesus went to Jesus hung out with the, with the, the low life of the earth, so to speak. All I'm just saying to you is that before you go running to someone that where there may be some darkness, you make sure that you're prayed up and you make sure Holy Spirit is guiding you to what to say and what and, and, and what to believe and what to hear and how far to let that let that engagement develop. That's all I'm saying to you. OK, because you don't want the darkness here to be creeping into your life in, in, in any fashion there. Uh, what did it say there? Twelve, was it? Oh, praise the living God. I had stopped. Let no man deceive you that for you are sometimes light for the spirit of darkness, but now you are light. Oh, walk as children of light. For the fruit of the spirit, verse number nine. Getting back to the scriptures here. For the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Underline that again. Underline this, please, also, I should say, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. See, there it is again. Have no fellowship with the fruits of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. It's a shame to speak of them. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. Underline that, please. All things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever uh, doth make manifest is light. Whatever is done in darkness, in other words, is, is made visible in the light. Wherefore, he saith, awake thou that sleepest. Wake up. Arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Underline that light again. Wake up. Arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Walk carefully, walk cautiously, uh, uh, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And we'll stop there. We'll pause there for that, for that particular scripture. You see, so God is telling us there to walk carefully because, because the days, the times, they are indeed evil. The last scripture here, 1 John 1. One John 1. Verse 5, 1 John 1, verse 5, this then, this then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all, underline, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. If we say we have fellowship with him, meaning God, and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. 
But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Please highlight all of that. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with the other. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. You see? So the darkness that Holy Spirit was telling me about and was showing me was that thought-wise, time-wise, I had let myself kind of get detached from the vine, from Jesus. I, I had let this darkness that was trying to creep in, starting to dwell on that darkness instead of remembering. And I've been with the Lord a long time. But as long as we are in this body, as long as we are here on this earth, we will indeed struggle. We will bounce back and forth. We need to remember so that we hear Holy Spirit telling us these things if and when, when we, we, we kind of lose track of where we are. So that darkness, when it tries to pervade your life in whatever form it might, in the form of a letter, a phone call, a family member, a friend, an associate, a neighbor, whatever it might be, this thing is coming in trying to disturb your light, trying to disturb your peace. Think about what might be going on here. Lord, is this darkness, is this darkness here trying to pervade my life? Let me make sure that I am in the light because God is the light. Lord, Heavenly Father, speak to me. Lord, I praise you. I magnify thy most glorious name. Heavenly Father, only you, only you, only you can enlighten me. Only you can show me what is going on here. Lord, if I have slipped and stumbled in any way, Lord, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I confess and I repent speedily. Lord, I do not wish to have any darkness in my life. Is there someone that is bringing along the darkness? Is there something in my life that is opening the door to this darkness? Am I practicing? Am I doing something? What am I overlooking? Lord, let me look to those that are close to me. Let me look to situations that I am close to. Let me just look all around me. Search me, Lord. Search my life. Reveal unto me any changes that I must make. In the meantime, Lord, I surrender to you. Lord Jesus, I know you have not gone anywhere. But maybe I have. So, Lord, I come back to you. Lord, I, I, I recommit my life to you. From this moment forward, Lord Jesus, you are Lord of Lords, King of Kings. You're the master of my life, Lord God. I cannot do this without you. Lord, this darkness that is here is threatening to smother me. It's pervading my every thought, my every, my every action, Lord God. Give me your way. Show me your way. Speak to me, Lord. And by those actions alone, you have run back to the light. By that alone, you are telling God that I realize that I cannot exist outside of my connection to Jesus, the vine. I realize that. And so now I am recommitting myself. You see, the darkness is all around us. And I say to you, children of God, that as the time goes by and Jesus tarries, we're just beginning to see an inkling. We're just beginning to see an inkling. Of, 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 of the craziness that is, that is out there. Of, of the tricks, of the schemes, of the deceptions that man is working on. Getting God out of the picture, getting us to focus on other things that, that are becoming popular and fashionable but are against the word of God. Getting us to focus on their things and thereby by, by weakening and getting our attention off of the things that God uh, is, is really, really important. It's really important to God. So be aware, be alert. That the darkness is out there. It's looking to extinguish whatever light that would be around it. 
Don't let yours ever be, 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 be shrouded by that darkness. Remember who you are and that the light of God is in you. Amen. Praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. Now let us close. Uh, before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.